this morning so yeah yeah <laughs> no I, I like the song I really like that song uh, so hey it's I, I'm just glad to be back so we had a rough weekend last weekend and I think um, Selena was in the hospital and we got to come home but she's doing really good she's back to being ornery and I'm I, I, should, I guess I should say I'd be an ornery and she's getting after me so <laughs> but I'm glad we're back the, the amount of uh, love that you guys showed and I think we got offered enough food to feed all of Marshfield last weekend uh, but I, we just love you guys. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad she's better, and there's no place like home, and so I'm glad to be here this morning uh, worshiping with you. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, uh, for this morning that we could come and worship you, Lord, in song and uh, in giving and preaching and teaching of your word today, uh, Lord. And I, Lord, I pray that uh, any distractions maybe that we have going on in our lives, uh, Lord, uh, right now, will not hinder us being able to worship you today. You just remove all those. And, and Lord, that we're uh, attentive today. We're not going to get very far in Exodus, Lord. It's it just the one verse, you know. But uh, God, I, I, I pray that um, there's so much to, to take out of it. I pray that we'll, it'll impact uh, our hearts today. And we'll, we'll put it in place. And Lord, we're also going to remember uh, what you did for us on the cross this morning by taking communion. And uh, Lord, without that, we're, we're nothing. And, and so Lord, we worship you today. We love you, uh, and we thank you. In your name I pray, amen. Take a couple minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
You may be seated this morning. I have a whole bunch of announcements. Let's start with Robbie and Travis. Come on up here. And I'm going to ask Mike Simons if he would come up here too. So uh, the, the freeway program is very, very, very intensive. It's uh, a minimum of a year long, and there's just a whole bunch of stuff that they're required to do. And I'm going to let Mike Simons tell you a little bit about that. And then present these guys, would you? 
Absolutely. Man, this is a big deal. I mean, this is a big deal. Uh, these guys come in uh, a little over a year ago, and they were, they were broken. I mean, they were broken people, and, and uh, they needed the love of this church, and they needed people to step up and encourage them. And, and you guys came through. You did that. And uh, you've been there for them. You've discipled them. Uh, you've loved on them, and you've been with them through this journey, and they've made it through a year. And uh, it really is a big deal. And so uh, if you get a chance today, congratulate these guys. Uh, they're, they're, uh, you're continuing on in the Timothy Project. So uh, uh, he's continuing on uh, to possibly go out and plant another freeway just like Trey Odom did. So we're doing big things in this church, and, and, we, and you guys are really you guys are awesome. You're so awesome. And Travis. Uh, Travis was going into our second stage house, and so uh, it's just encouraging to see these guys make it through. And it, it was such a hard, it's such a hard thing to go through. Uh, they, they, th- through the process, they surrendered their lives to Christ, and and uh, they're all in, and they're faithful followers, and and it's just a joy, man. It's a joy to see you guys make it through. It doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes these guys come in, and and they're just not quite ready. They haven't hit that that place of brokenness enough to, and they end up going back out. and And sometimes we end up going to their funerals, and it's and it's a, that's the sad part of the ministry. But this is the this is the wonderful part of the ministry to see to see it uh, these guys come through. and And uh, I love you guys, man. Congratulations to both of you. Yeah, there's really not a, a lot of words. I mean, there's not enough words I can think of. I mean, I, I came in here. I was talking to Dave Matthews earlier. I had so much anxiety because I, I isolated myself for years with with drugs, and I had so much anxiety. And I, I come to this church, and you guys are just open arms and all the love that you, you that you gave us. And I just want to thank you so much for what you guys do and what this church does. I love you all. Uh, yeah, so on that note, I just want to um, say that, you know, uh, the, the freeway is, uh, reaches the hard to reach. Uh, people suffer from uh, addictions. I mean, I've suffered everything from jails, institutions, and the only thing I haven't experienced is physical death. Um, but um, that being said, um, I am a born-again, uh, blood-bought child of God Almighty, the Lord God. So I'm so thankful that God so loved the world. So, so this is really what it's about, right? My, my life, what it used to be like, that's, that's done. But um, I'm so thankful that God so loved the world. We know he gave his only begotten son that... Whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So we just pray that all of you that are believers here get encouraged today. And if somebody doesn't know you, that they can come to know uh, Jesus. We know that the gospel message um, at uh, Crossbridge is going to be preached uh, every service, and it also is um, at Freeway. So we know that the Lord wishes that none should perish. Um, we know that um, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And uh, we know that the wages of sin is death. That's eternal separation from God. And we're all going to spend eternity somewhere, heaven or hell. So... And um, but the free gift of God is eternal life um, through Jesus Christ. And how do we do that? We believe in our heart and profess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. And it says you will be saved. So on that note, we love you all. And I'm turning this back over to Jeff. Thanks. You all have a great Sunday. You are dismissed. <laughs>
Hey, I love it. I love it. Amen. And so, hey, the whole point is, right, they graduate, and then these guys who are going into the next step in the Timothy Project, it's amazing because freeways are going all over the United States, and these guys will have an opportunity after a little bit more training to go out like Mike Simons is our freeway director and be a freeway director at, a, at another church. And so one of, the, one of the hard parts of ministry is sending people out from your home body that you love, but it's also a very rewarding part that Christ tells us to do as a church is to send people out. And so that's amazing. So I'm proud of you guys. So i uh, got several announcements this morning. Um, this is uh, on the strawberry orders. They're, they're on sale, uh, $20, $20 a dozen. It's to benefit the mission team. If you want an order, please sign up there. There is that. Any other info on that, Tammy? Is Tammy here? Where's Tammy? No? Where's Okay. Need orders, so sign up for, for strawberries. Um, yeah, so we all, we've got several other things going on. Men's and women's Bible study tonight here at the church at 6 o'clock. Um, discipleship, Alan, is discipleship this afternoon at 4.30 or no? D- discipleship here at the church at 4.30. If, you, if you're going to be here, please try to let Alan, Alan know if you're planning on coming uh, for discipleship this afternoon at 4.30. Grief Share, I know, has started up again. Um, first, it's a Thursday night, uh, every Thursday night in February, 6 o'clock, correct? Thursday night, 6 to 8. So if you missed the first week, it's okay. For people listening online, please come. Uh, it's an amazing program that helps people that are dealing with loss. So if you know if somebody is dealing with loss right now, it's on Thursday nights here at the church. Women's coffee uh, this week. Got a lot of women's announcements. We have women's coffee uh, this week at 8.30 a.m. on fr- uh, Monday. Monday, Prickly Cactus, 8.30 a.m. And then they have the women's game night this week. It is on the 6th, which is what day is that? That's Tuesday. Tuesday, you have your uh, women's game night at where's the announcement i wrote it down i thought i wrote down time what's the time valerie it's up here just look up there six o'clock and they're they're making the hobo soups they're going to dump everything together and have a big soup okay so they're doing that that's tuesday night um then the women are also going to be going on a trip it's a women's retreat april 28th through may 1st they'll have it up there it's 160 dollars per person space is limited so please get signed up for that here's the sign up for that uh, if you're interested in going on the women's uh, retreat, pass that around the church there. Uh, what else we have? So next Sunday, we have several items of business. we got some new members we're going to be voting in next Sunday. So next Sunday, after the morning service, we're going to have a business meeting. We have some updates to the freeway house and the building team. Uh, we'll have an update for you. So next Sunday, if you can, stay after morning service uh, for, for that. Uh, what else we have? Parents' night out. February 9th, that's going to be here quick. That's, is it this Friday night? we got a busy week, Crossbridge. This Friday night, from 5 to 8.30, uh, you can drop your kids off ages 4 to 12 with Savannah. And I, Are we helping with that, Selena? Oh. You can, 
You can drop your kids off with me, too, Friday night. <laughs> uh, we will have fun. I love kids. I'm a big kid myself, so Savannah's going to have to take care of me, too. So we're going to have fun Friday night. So drop your kids off from 5 to 8.30 uh, for Parents' Night Out. Parents' Night uh, Date Night. It's, ten, it's at $10, and if you can't afford the $10, just let us know. We'll, we'll make sure. It's, we'll, we'll get it taken care of. So anyway, just drop your kids off Friday night. Um, what else we got? We got to cover grief share. Wednesday nights, if you normally don't come on Wednesday night, I always like to plug Wednesday night. Our cooking teams, they cook a big meal at 6 o'clock, and we have classes at 645, uh, and we have that. So anything else, marriage conference, they probably have some spots left for the marriage conference. It is not this week, this Friday, but the following Friday. So we get there at 2 o'clock on Friday afternoon and get checked in. Uh, you can look at it online. It's, it's called Living United. Uh, it's at Chateau on the Lake in Branson, so you can get checked in uh, Friday afternoon, and, and we always go out to dinner um, that Friday night with one another. So if you're going and you've signed up, please let me know so I can make dinner reservations for all of us if you want to go to dinner with us. And then the conference ends on Saturday afternoon, so you are back in time uh, for Freeway if, you're, if you serve at Freeway. So if you, a bunch of us went last year. It's a, it's a lot of fun, and we had a really good time, a good time of fellowship, Learned how to be amazing Christian godly husbands and amazing Christian godly wives. And it's just a good time. So anything else that I forgot this morning? Mike, we have a work day coming up. Crystal and Nikki's house. February 18th. Uh, that's after morning service. At 1 p.m. at Crystal and Nikki's house. So February 18th, a new announcement at 1 p.m. If you can help with that, please see uh, Mike Estelle. And so good to see. Is Nikki here this morning? Are they here this morning? He, there he is. So good to see Nikki. Guy's going through cancer treatments, going through chemo and all this, and he's here on security every Sunday. It's pretty amazing. So pray for that guy. Yeah, pretty amazing. Huh? <laughs> he's always been ornery, Crystal, but it's gotten worse, huh? Yeah. That's good. Nikki, be ornery. All right, be ornery. All right. All right, if you would stand, let's take up our morning offering and have our time of worship today. So glad, hey, you know what? I'm glad we can laugh and have fun in this church. Because you know, you know who made laughter and joy? Jesus. We don't have to be stuffy and stuck up all the time, right? We can have laughter and have joy too. So let's go, Lord, in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you again that we're here this morning, Lord, to worship you. And as we in our time of worship, Lord, we lift to you our voices and song. We give to you, uh, God. And I just pray you use this to further your kingdom, that people will be saved, God. That's the whole point in, in why we're here to share the truth of who you are with a lost and dying world, to preach about you, to teach about you, uh, to raise our families to love you, uh, God, and, and to, to love you ourselves. And, and Lord, I just pray for that. I pray that we're spreading the gospel all, all over. Uh, I'm so thankful this morning, Lord, for Robbie and Travis, and uh, just an amazing time to celebrate with them, uh, Lord. And I, I just pray you use them uh, to further your kingdom wherever they go, whether that's here serving or somewhere else. And uh, Lord, this morning we just worship you and we love you. In your name I pray. Amen.
How's everybody doing today? Man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord, guys. I want to sing that song, you know, House of the Lord, because that's what my heart is feeling right now. So, But, uh, man, my wife's going to have the baby tomorrow, just so you all know. We're getting, she's getting induced at 6 a.m., so pray for, you know, uh, smooth sailing and pray for me so she don't kill me. So we're going to praise the Lord and continue this sweet worship, so... Oh, my bad, I messed that up. All throughout history, Oh, the evidence is 
see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see the promises and fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. Why should I feel all the Man, they brought the heat this morning, didn't they? Woo. Turn to Exodus chapter 2, if you would. So today's Family Sunday, so we don't have children's church this morning. All the kids stay up here, and if you've got a kid that's going to scream and yell this morning, let them scream and yell, because I scream and yell. It's okay, all right? We're all good. I don't mind babies crying. It's all fine. Exodus 2, chapter 2, verse 11. Just want to say while you're turning there, I'm thankful at Crossbridge we have two other amazing pastors. So last week, and, and other elders too, but two guys that fill in the pulpit. I was supposed to preach Freeway last Saturday, and obviously with Selena out of commission, I was kind of out of commission. Mike Simon just steps right in and preaches. Sunday morning, Mike Estelle teaches on Wednesdays and Sundays, fills the pulpit. If you have not thanked those guys, thank them today and give them a big hug, because I just so appreciate them. Uh, so book, book of Exodus chapter 2. One verse today, one verse is all I got through, guys, in studying. Verse 11, it says this, One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for this week and studying this passage. And Well, there's a lot here in this one verse. Uh, so, Lord, I just pray that um, you will be glorified today. There's a lot for us to learn here. Uh, in this story, and um, not a story, but what you did. And so, um, God, I just pray if there's people here that don't know you, today will be the day that they believe on you, put their faith and trust in what you did for them on the cross. And in everything, Lord, we glorify and honor you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Excited to be back in the book of, book of Exodus. Uh, if you remember a couple weeks ago, we looked at the birth of Moses, where it all starts. And and Moses' mother had put him in the Nile River, which, if you remember, was absolutely full of danger. Uh, the, the, uh, some of the biggest crocodiles in the world live in the Nile River. If you remember, we also went through some of the venomous snakes that live on the banks of the Nile River. Uh, hippos. Those are all just a massive dangers that she put him into the Nile River. But she also had faith, which we're going to talk about a little bit more today. She had absolute faith in God that he would take care of Moses. And God did take care of Moses. Uh, God saved Moses. And so today in our text, there's a little bit of a time gap here. There's a little bit of a time gap. Uh, there isn't a whole lot said about Moses as a youth. 
just not, we don't know a whole lot. Uh, we know that he was raised as a grandson to Pharaoh. He was raised as Pharaoh's daughter. So Moses, I do know because of that, would have been born with what we say a silver spoon in his mouth. He would have had every advantage that you could have possibly had. He would have been raised as royalty. Uh, he would have been given very, very many special privileges being raised in Pharaoh's court. Uh, people during that time period and during the Bible would literally starve to death. Food was a huge thing, even having food. Moses didn't have that worry. He could have gotten food whenever he wanted. Didn't have to go to work. He was royalty. I mean, he really, really had it made. The Hebrews did all the work for the Egyptians. They, they were slaves. And so he would, he would have been given an education. He would have learned how to read and write. Uh, he would have done a lot of outdoor sports. Outdoor sports was big during that time period. There was, people would ride horses. They'd have races. There was archery. Uh, he was literally raised as a prince of Egypt. So he had every privilege that you could possibly uh, think about. But here's the problem with the Egyptians. They worship false gods. They were pagans. They did not believe in the true God. And so Moses, as he's growing up, he's growing up in a very worldly environment. And that kind of brings me to my first, first point here uh, and what Moses did. So in verse 11, our only verse, it says again, When Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. There are really a couple of key words in that verse that I really focused on this week that really jumped out uh, to me. Any guesses, interactive sermon time, any guesses on what they might be? His people. Who said that? All over this. Good job. His people. Those are the two key words here. Very, very key words. Moses had been raised as a prince of Egypt in the house of Pharaoh. But that is not who he identified as. He did not identify as an Egyptian. He didn't see himself as a prince of Egypt. He saw himself as a Hebrew, as a slave. Hebrews chapter 11, that's the interactive part of the sermon right there. That was Mike. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11 is called the faith chapter. And so it tells us about many of the heroes of the Old Testament. This is what Hebrews chapter 11 says about Moses. It's in Hebrews 11, 24 and 25. It says this, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So what did Moses do? Moses literally gives up the pleasures of being raised in Pharaoh's house. Of being raised by pagan Egyptians, worshiping false gods, living this life of luxury. Being raised as a prince. Because why? Why, did he, why was he willing to give that up? Because he didn't identify himself with the world. The first point is Moses fortook the worldly pleasures by what? By faith. He chose to be identified by following God, the one true God. And so he gives up all of these luxuries. One more verse, the next verse in Hebrews 11, verse 26 says this. It's amazing. It says, he considered the reproach of Christ... Greater than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. So what was Moses doing? Moses cared more about the treasures of God. 
He, he cared more about following the true God and being obedient to him rather than treasure of the world. He cared more about God than anything the world could have offered him. And Moses had it all. Literally, he is a son of Pharaoh. The Egyptians are the most powerful country in the world. At the time, they had the most powerful military the world had ever seen. They had more chariots than everybody. They had more money. They had everything. Everything you could have wanted. And he was a prince of that. He was a prince of that. And he gave all of that up. Why? Because he had faith in the true God. He cared more about the treasures of God. What a lesson for us, church. What a lesson for the church today. And it's, it's listen, it's one that Jesus himself taught. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. In the Sermon on the Mount, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus addresses this. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. Matthew 6, 19 through 24. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Huh. I wonder if Jesus was thinking about Moses when he said that. Where was Moses' heart? It was with God. He identified as a follower of God. He was Hebrew. He wasn't Egyptian. His heart, and guess what? That's where he put his treasure. Verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. Make sure I'm right, 23, 24. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. For, he, 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 for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. What's that saying? That's saying you can't serve the world and the pleasures of the world and the lies that Satan will use in those pleasures and the Lord Jesus at the same time, church. You can't serve both. Moses couldn't serve both. Moses couldn't be a prince of Egypt. And stand for what Egypt stood for, but also be a Hebrew and love God. So he had to give one up. He had to follow one. Now, hold on. It doesn't say, though. Many times people take this passage and take, will even take this sermon completely out of context. You know what it doesn't say? So we, want, we never want to add things to God's word. It doesn't say that having money or being wealthy is sin. That's not what it says. I think it would be great if everybody in this room were extremely wealthy financially with money. Because then you could use that to plant churches, to hire missionaries, to do more for the kingdom. So, so go and make money, church. That's okay. It doesn't, it doesn't say not to. What it says is don't serve it or love it. Go and make money and use it for God's kingdom. In fact, go out there in the secular world and take money that, that Satan would use for darkness and use it for light. That's a good thing. Work hard. There's nothing wrong with that. 
I, I believe with all my heart when Paul was teaching the young preacher Timothy, he was thinking about some of this. In 1 Timothy 6.10 it says, For the love of money, the love of money, is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. So what is he saying? He's saying that Satan will use the things of the world. Satan would use things of Egypt. He would use the treasures of the world to try to trap people. That will lead them down a path of worshiping the things of the world. Instead of worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ who deserves all of our worship. Satan does that to lead people to hell. He will use the things of the world and pleasures of the world to lead people into a false direction. Moses, through faith, said, no, no, I'm not going down that path. I'm not going to identify with the false things of the world. I'm a follower of God. My people follow the true God. He is my God. And because of that, this is amazing. M Moses is simply amazing in the Old Testament, folks. Because of that, he chose to not live the life of luxury, but he lives the life of slavery. He chooses to give up the world and its pleasures to follow the true God. It's amazing. You know what? Jesus also says something else about that. Turn to Luke. Flip over to Luke chapter 9. It's amazing how when you start digging into this, how much parallel there is from Moses and the Old Testament verses to us in the church that Jesus talks about. Luke 9, 23 through 25. Luke 9, 23 through 25. It says this, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Wow. Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow me. To die to self. Die to what your flesh says. Because our flesh would say, in our flesh, we got to be honest this morning. In our flesh, we would say, this is awesome that I'm a prince of Egypt. This is cool. I get every luxury. I have everything that, I mean, worldly that I could offer. Jesus says, take up your cross daily and die to me. Satan says, live your best life right now. Enjoy the world. Worry about money. Spend your time and effort just focused on money. Love it because it will give you luxury. It will give you everything that you want. It will fill you up. And people that do that, listen, they spend their whole life and you know what they find out? That it's empty and it's vain. It's all hopeless. Go read the book of Ecclesiastes. It's written by the wisest person besides our Lord Jesus who ever lived, Solomon. It's all about money. Solomon was more wealthy than anybody in all of history. In fact, if you add up how much gold and silver and things that Solomon had, he's the world's only trillionaire. Trillionaire. Trillions of dollars is what his worth was. And you know what he said? Eh, it's really all pointless. It's really all meaningless. Compared to Christ, it's meaningless. Compared to Christ, it's meaningless. It doesn't matter. 
And then Jesus really puts the icing on the cake where he says, what does it profit you if you gain everything the world has to offer but don't have me? That's what he's saying. What does it matter? It's, it's, why, it's like literally it's my favorite verse in the Bible. You guys know that. It's Mark 8.36 is the parallel verse. It says the same thing. That's a mic drop. You know, had a mic drop earlier. Travis spoke and shared the gospel with you, right? And we said, well, let's just go on home and have lunch now, right? It's kind of a mic drop moment. This is Jesus' mic drop moment. He's saying, nothing else in this world matters but me. That's what he's saying. Nothing else matters. And you know what? That's something that Moses knew. Moses knew that there was nothing else that mattered besides God. Following him. Being obedient to him. He had nothing. Moses had everything the world had to offer. And he said, it was all nothing compared to God. It brings me to my final question, really. Moses is amazing because he gives up all of that. But it brings me to a question that I ask in this verse. Where did Moses get that faith? Where did Moses get that kind of faith? Who taught Moses that kind of faith? Who told Moses that his people were the Hebrews? You see, because Moses is raised in Pharaoh's house. But what, what do we got to remember about Moses when his mother puts him in the Nile? His mother puts him in the Nile. And she has faith that God will take care of him. Pharaoh's daughter draws him out of the Nile. And then guess who's on the bank of the river? Who followed along with Moses making sure he's okay? Who's with him? His sister. His sister. So Pharaoh's daughter sees this is one of the Hebrew infants. And this child needs to get nursed. We, need, we don't have no Gerber baby food. We need to find the mama. And the little girl goes, I know the mom. I'll take them, I'll take them and get them. So guess who got to, because God's so amazing. Guess who got to raise Moses as a young child until he was older? His parents. That's amazing. Hebrews 11.23. It's amazing. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents, because they saw that the child was beautiful, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. What was the king's edict? He told the Egyptians, kill all the Hebrew children, all the boys. Kill them all. Throw them in the Nile. So they hid him for three months. When they could hide him no more, they trusted in God. They got to raise Moses. That's the second point. Moses learned about God through who? His parents. Not, a, not from the, the, uh, Pharaoh's daughter. He learned about that through his parents. Moses' parents were an active part of his life growing up and taught him about God's people. Moses' mother had the opportunity to nurse him and raise him until he was a little older. We don't know how old for sure. But you know what that does tell us? That kids are impressionable when they're young. You, may, you can make an impression on, on children. I was just aggravating about Friday night. I'm excited about Friday night. I'm not changing no diapers, but I'm excited about Friday night. I'll teach some kids. I mean, I may, I may have you sign a release in case I have to hog tie some of them. But well, well, we're going to have fun. Because you know what we get to do? Talk to them about Jesus. What an honor and privilege it is to share with young children about the Lord Jesus. They observe. Kids observe. They hear. Hey, we got one young man in our household that has elephant ears. 
right? Why say something? And he hears it. He hears it. You got any kids like that? Boy, they hear. They observe. They know what's up. They know what's up. Moses was no different. Moses wasn't any different. That should tell us, folks, how important it is as parents to talk to our kids about their faith. About faith. About Jesus. About what he's done for us. Another kind of interactive sermon moment here. And I'm going I'm to close. Who wrote the book of Deuteronomy? Anybody know? Who wrote the book of Deuteronomy? Moses. Hmm. They were words in Deuteronomy chapter 1 that says he spoke to all Israel beyond the Jordan in the wilderness. Listen to what he says. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verse, starting in verse 4. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. There you go. Like five books in. Towards the front. Deuteronomy 6. Verses, starting in verse 4. He says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to who? Your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit at your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Moses says, talk to your kids. Isn't God amazing? Moses is telling Israel to make sure and teach your kids. Teach them what? Diligently. Teach them diligently. You know what that means? It means to do a task well. With care. With concern. To do something thoroughly. This was supposed to be a focus of Israel to teach their children about God. About what, what about God? That God is one. That the Lord is one. There's only one God. Teach them there's one God, not many. Teach them to love the Lord the God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their might. What is that? That's telling them that he's the most important thing in their life. He's everything. Love him with everything you got. Now set up in your seats real quick. We're about ready to close. And listen to this. I want you to understand that something or someone is going to teach your children. Something or someone is going to teach our kids. It's either us diligently teaching our children about the Lord Jesus Christ. And telling them to put their faith and trust with all their heart, soul, and mind in Him. Teaching them that. Teaching our children about this book. And what this book says. Or Satan and the world is going to teach your kids. Those are only two options. And they're going to teach them to live a life of luxury. They're going to teach them to enjoy the world. They're going to say catchy phrases like, love who you want to love. The Bible says, don't be unequally yoked. You think I'm talking about homosexuality. Maybe a little bit. In our context, no, no, no. I'm talking about if your kids want to marry somebody who doesn't love the Lord Jesus Christ. You tell them, you're unequally yoked. Don't marry that person. 
Don't even date that person. Not because you don't care for them, because they're unequally yoked. Because they don't love the Lord, the God, with all their heart, soul, and mind. You see, somebody's going to teach. You see how this all ties in, church, to Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. You see why I only got through one verse? <laughs> Moses' faith didn't just happen. He was taught, and he exercised that faith. He exercised the faith that he was taught. Now listen, let me close this out here. I've said that a couple times, but I am. What does faith come from? This all ties in amazing to Romans. Romans 10, 17 tells us, what does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing. Let's look at that book just real quick, a little more in depth. Romans, turn to Romans chapter 10. It's amazing how all this ties together. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 17. <clears throat> Romans 10, 9 through 17. Let's start there. Verse 9. Everybody knows this one, right? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call upon him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to preach unless someone is sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord who has believed, who has heard from us. So faith comes from hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ. You know, everybody here should be a preacher. A preacher in your own home. Everybody. You want your children to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Teach them. Preach to them. Read it to them. Live it out in your life. Those are all things that Moses' parents did. How do we know they lived out their faith? Because they put him in a basket. They hid him and put him out in a basket. How do we know that they talked to him? Because what did Moses do? He didn't get this faith from his Egyptian parents, from Pharaoh's daughter. He got it from them. He got it from them. So you say, well, my kids are lost this morning. If they are, pray for them. Preach to them. Pray some more. Preach some more. Live it out. It's the most important thing we can do as parents for our kids. Why? Because it's eternity. It's life. It's everything. It's everything. For what does it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? This week... Hunter played basketball this week. We had a tournament last night. The kid was on fire this week. I'm just talking about him. I'm going to talk about all my kids here in a second, so you're not going to get left out, okay? Monday night, he scored 19 points, hit five three-pointers. He was just dominating the game. And I got to thinking about this. For what does it profit Hunter to score 19 points and hit five three-pointers or to play in the NBA if he loses his own soul? What does it profit Sydney if she's all state and cross country 
And everyone wants to know how to run long distances from Sydney if she loses her own soul. What does it profit Kyle, Chasten, if they have the best businesses in the world? If they're the best linemen? If they're the best detailers in the world? They do the best body work. They lose their own soul. Susanna, if she's the best physical therapy person and can get your joints back into place better than anybody. I told her, Dad's going to be a patient before soon, I'm sure. It don't matter if she loses her own soul. You understand where I'm going? The best fifth grade teacher the school system's ever seen. It doesn't matter if you lose your own soul. Listen, insert whatever you do into that. Insert whatever your kids want to be into that. It's all nothing without Christ. It's all worthless without the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. So what's our most important job, parents? What's our most important job, church? Sharing Christ. Sharing Christ. Not teaching them how to get to the NBA. Sharing Christ. Now, that's cool. Is I hyped up watching them hit three-pointers? Do I get hyped up yelling when she's running cross-country? Do I cheer Suze on when she's doing physical therapy? Well, maybe not the third, but you get my point. I get excited for my kids, but it's nothing compared to Christ. That's our job, church. That's the job. That's the job. I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. I told you there's a lot in one verse. We're about ready to take communion this morning. Here's how this ties in. We don't require you to be a member here at Crossbridge to take communion with us. If you're visiting with us this morning and you have publicly professed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to take communion with us. You're our brother and sister, whether you're a member here or not. But here's the thing. We're also told to examine ourselves. And we're given a warning before we do this in, in Scripture. In 1 Corinthians 11, it says not to take communion in an unworthy manner. What that means this morning is, is if you have never publicly professed Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, don't take communion. Because it says you can become sick or ill or die. It's a warning that's in the Bible. An unworthy manner would also be as if you are living in unrepentant sin, rebellious sin against God. Don't take communion until you've confessed that sin to God and agreed with Him that it's sin. Turn from that and say, God, I, I, I'm sinning and I, I don't want to do this. Forgive me of the sin. Give me the power to overcome this. You can do that by praying to the Lord. You're one of His children. You have direct access to the throne of God, which is absolutely amazing through the Lord Jesus. You don't need me to pray for you. I'll be more than happy to, but you don't need me. I'm really a worthless guy up here. You have Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit. You can use that. Okay? We, we, I want to focus on that during our invitation time this morning. Also, if you're a parent, you're a grandparent. We haven't done baby dedications in a while. You know why baby dedications are important when somebody has a baby? Because they're committing to raising that child to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to get up here to do that. You can do that in your seat too. But I encourage you as parents to raise your kids to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. The Bible is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Same thing that Moses told the Israelites to do, we should do. We should tell our kids, love the Lord. It's the most important thing. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for this time. We can study your word. Lord, if there's people here that don't know you, I pray today's their day. They put their faith and trust in you. Believe on you and be saved. 
Lord, I, I pray for us. We're living in a time in our country, our world, that it's just evil. And, and the world's trying to leave our, lead our, our children astray, our families astray. Satan is tr- attacking our families. There's so many broken homes all over our country in this world. And Lord, it, it, it starts with the responsibility as parents to raise our children to love the Lord. And then if there's children that don't have parents, that we take on the responsibility as the church to teach them and to be there for them. It's a huge, massive responsibility. Nothing else is nearly as important as that. So God, I love you this morning. I pray that you've been glorified and honored. Work in our hearts right now. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
don't you get shy on me Lift up your song Cause you got a lie on it Side of the slums Get up, praise the Lord Oh, come on, my soul Now don't you get shy on me Lift up your song Cause you got a this morning. we got a couple other things we'll do, so if you would please be seated this morning. Um, so I'm excited about this. So before we take communion, uh, Wednesday night I had a, had a really great meeting with a, a couple that's just joined our church, and their name is going to be read off next week in the uh, business meeting as, as being part of this uh, body officially. But um, So Marigold and Dan, come on up here. You guys come on up here together. Um, they, they moved here. Yeah, give them a hand. So they moved here from Pennsylvania and uh, um, just pretty much started over here uh, in, in our area. And uh, one thing I, I love always when I meet with people, I ask them, tell me about when you profess Christ as your Lord and Savior and tell me about what God's done in your life. And so Marigold uh, has went through a lot in her life, but she is uh, just recently, um, I love this because this happened to me when, uh, oh, I don't know, 12 years ago or so, she, she's basically rededicated her life to Christ and said, hey, I... I, I know I'm a follower, but I need to get busy serving him and really staying focused on him. And so that's an amazing, edifying thing for the body when, when people do that. And you can hear that. And I know she said, I want to I share for just a minute or so just kind of how God's worked in my life. And so I said, yeah, that's fine. You can do that this morning. So I know she's got a couple of things she's going to say real quick before we do communion. Um. All right, first of all, Satan has been attacking me uh, these last few days, trying to stop me from sharing what God has done. And all I have to say is, not today, Satan. I grew up in the church and dedicated my life to the Lord when I was 12 and was then baptized. I always said I wanted a powerful testimony, but never felt I had one. Well, be careful what you wish for. I am here today after a long road to share with you how I came to this decision of rededication. I have felt called by God to demonstrate publicly by outwardly professing the inward change God has done in my life. 
Um, as childhood trauma and trauma of the last 15 years, trials, heartache, loss, rejection, destruction, I lost my faith and trust in God. I was wavering and began to question the Lord. Where was he? Why was he allowing all of this to happen? I was walking through the darkest seasons in my life, health, family, and more. Satan came, and he stole, killed, and destroyed my entire world with his wicked schemes. My grief overtook me, and that's when he found a foothold and began pumping lies and accusations into me, and I believed them. Doubt, anger, and bitterness crept into my heart. In my deepest despair, I believed every one of his lies to the point of attempting to take my own life. I hit bottom, but Jesus. In the middle of my pain, I didn't want the change I couldn't accept and the reality I didn't know was coming. God was already fighting for my heart and life. My husband also fought for my life, faithfully praying to God, comforting and supporting me, loving me at my worst, just like Jesus, and moved me away from the ongoing trauma. I'm sick. <laughs> Sorry. Since moving from Pennsylvania almost a year ago, I've sought counsel and discipleship, Brenda, on how to fight the enemy in Jesus' name. Slowly, God helped me learn how to rebuke the evil one. This was a full-on spiritual warfare. But during this time, my prayer life changed, and I couldn't get enough of his daily bread. God showed me how to fight my battles on my knees and how to use his truth to silence the devil. For some reason, Satan seems to forget that God has already defeated him and conquered death. God showed me how to call on the authority and power of Jesus' name. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I was able to break free from the enemy's grip. Jesus brought me to a place of surrender, submission, and obedience, which led to the rededication of my heart and life to him. My heart is healing and being restored each day by the power of Christ. Satan stole my joy, but not anymore. <laughs> my true jo joy and love comes from Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, Hebrews 12, as I fix my eyes on my Lord and Savior. I want that for each of you sitting here today. I told God I don't want my trials to be for naught, but that he would use it to encourage and rescue others. I have been the one sitting in church, questioning God and hurting deep within. I share my heart with you in hopes of reaching that one who is sitting here today, hurting and broken, wearing their mask to disguise how desperately they need your help. It's okay to be raw and vulnerable to God. He already knows. I pray this encourages you to surrender to God today and dedicate your life to him. I still have a long way to go, but this is God's story of surrender, hope, healing, and redemption. I leave you with this verse as a daily reminder of surrender. James 4, 7 through 8. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Amen. Amen. Right. That's great. Great. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. Those are edifying things for the church. So I'm going to ask our elders if they would please come this morning. We're going to take a uh, take communion this morning, and like I, like I mentioned before, you don't have to be a member uh, to uh, observe communion with us. And this was instituted by our Lord Jesus. Scripture tells us in Matthew chapter twenty six that Jesus had gathered with his disciples to celebrate Passover. 
And, and it says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The whole point in this is for us to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. That he took our sins. He took our punishment. We deserve the cross. He didn't. But he willfully did that for us. No one took him to the cross. No one put him up there. He did it himself willfully for you, for me. And so it's a time for us to remember that sacrifice and also look forward to when he comes back. He is going to come back. Uh, I, we don't know the day or the time. Hopefully sooner rather than later, church. But we do know he's going to come back. And it's also an opportunity for us to look uh, to that. So when, when we pass this out, we will take it together. So as we're passing it out, uh, please just take time. Spend time in prayer thanking the Lord for what he's done for you. I'm going to ask Mike uh, if he would please bless the bread this morning. Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here this morning, Lord. We thank you for the testimonies and, and just for what you're doing here in this church, Lord. And as we prepare, Lord, to uh, take communion, Lord, just, just prepare our hearts, Lord, to uh, take it with right hearts, Lord. Uh, and I just thank you so much, God, for sending your son to die on the cross for us today, Lord. Jesus, thank you so much, Lord. Let us not ever forget that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Jesus said, this is my body which is given for you, take ye and eat. He took the cup and he blessed it. I'm going to ask Max Hartman if he would please bless the cup. Heavenly Father, it's with gratitude that we uh, remember the extreme price you paid of dying on the cross and shedding your blood so that we could all have a story like Marigold of we were rescued, rescued from our lost state because of the price you paid. And we just love you and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus said, this is my blood which is given for you. Take ye and drink. So it was a time of rejoicing. And so they left, Scripture says, singing. Uh, songs. And so that's what we're going to do as we close. I'm going to ask Dan and Marigold to come back up here. You're going to want to come around and congratulate them. Anytime some, well, the Lord's working in someone's heart and their life, uh, we want to tell them how thankful and appreciative we are for them and, and excited we are for them, I guess, right? So uh, as we close in song today, after we get done singing, come around and congratulate them. If you would stand as we close this morning. When we've been there ten thousand years, Christ shining as the sun, we've no less days to see. God's presence and when we first begun praise God praise God praise God praise God praise God praise God Praise God.